Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into Small is Beautiful by E.F. Schumacher, a groundbreaking book that left a lasting impact on the way we view the economic world. First hitting the shelves in 1973, this compelling collection of essays critiques the Western economic system, challenging the conventional pursuit of growth at any cost. Schumacher's work, revered for its forward-thinking perspective, argues for economics as if people mattered, proposing a shift towards sustainable and human-centered economic practices. E.F. Schumacher, mentored by the legendary economist John Maynard Keynes, brought his vast experience as the chief economic advisor to the UK National Coal Board from 1950 to 1970 to this influential book. His insights have inspired generations of economists, environmentalists, and policymakers to rethink how economic success is measured. Small is Beautiful is a must-read for anyone interested in economics, politics, or environmental issues. It appeals to mindful citizens who are concerned about the impact of our economic systems on the planet and seek a more sustainable and equitable approach to economic development. Join us as we explore how Schumacher's visionary ideas continue to resonate and inspire a new way of thinking about progress, sustainability, and the true value of human well-being. Small is Beautiful, a study of economics as if people mattered. Introduction, Redefining Prosperity, a journey towards value-driven economics. Is the secret to happiness and prosperity truly found in grandeur and expansion? E.F. Schumacher, a visionary economist, challenges this widely accepted notion with a radical idea that throws conventional economic wisdom on its head. Small is Beautiful. Schumacher introduces us to a world where economics and ethics walk hand in hand, boldly questioning the pursuit of income and profit at the expense of human values and the environment. Through Schumacher's perspective, we embark on a critique of the modern Western economic system, known for its relentless resource consumption and its knack for rendering our lives devoid of deeper meaning. The essence of his critique goes beyond mere economic analysis. It touches the core of human existence and our planet's sustainability. His work is a clarion call to reassess our values, suggesting that maybe our relentless pursuit of economic growth has led us down a path that legitimizes greed and elevates money above all else. In exploring Schumacher's essays, we uncover insights into why a universal quest for prosperity might not be the panacea for peace we imagine it to be. The narrative unfolds to reveal how unchecked growth could potentially lead to our downfall, rather than the utopia many envision. Moreover, Schumacher casts a critical eye on nuclear energy, debunking the myth of it being mankind's saviour and highlighting the possible catastrophic consequences of its adoption. Small is beautiful, serves not just as a collection of essays but as a profound invitation to envision an alternative economic framework, one that places people and the environment at its heart, rather than relegating them to mere footnotes in the pursuit of financial gain. Schumacher's groundbreaking work remains as pertinent now as it was at its inception, 
offering a timely reflection on how we might navigate toward a more sustainable and meaningful future. Part 1. The Unsustainable Path. How Our Economy Drains the Planet's Resources. At the heart of the modern economic systems in the Western world lies an uncomfortable truth. Prosperity has come at a significant cost. Our disconnection from the natural world has fostered a culture where exploitation and destruction of the environment are not only tolerated but often encouraged. Consider our approach to fossil fuels, the lifeblood of the global industrial complex. These precious resources are treated as inexhaustible, a never-ending stream of energy to fuel our economic aspirations. This perspective casts fossil fuels as income to be spent freely rather than capital, a limited asset that needs to be conserved. By failing to recognize the finite nature of these resources, we're essentially gambling away our planetary inheritance. Imagine if we shifted our perspective and began treating fossil fuels as the capital they truly are. Such a shift would fundamentally alter our consumption habits, urging conservation over waste, preservation over exploitation. Yet, we persist in the opposite direction, operating under the illusion that these resources are boundless. Fossil fuels, once depleted, cannot be replenished by human intervention. Their extinction would not only mark an environmental catastrophe, but would also threaten the very engines of our modern economy, which heavily relies on a stable supply of energy. Our current economic model poses risks to two crucial forms of natural capital, the Earth's ecological balance and the essence of human life itself. Since the end of World War II, industrial activities have escalated to levels that far surpass the Earth's capacity for recovery, testing the very limits of nature's tolerance. We're on a collision course with ecological disaster, undermining the planet's ability to regenerate itself. Moreover, the system marginalizes humanity, reducing individuals to mere components of an economic apparatus. In many parts of the world, work has become synonymous with soul-crushing toil, devoid of satisfaction or purpose. This systematic devaluation of human labor not only erodes the spirit, but also threatens the fabric of society. An economic framework that fails to sustain the well-being of its participants is fundamentally flawed and unsustainable. The current trajectory of our economy reveals a need for profound change. It is a call to redefine our relationship with the planet's resources and reconsider the true meaning of prosperity. Without a shift towards sustainability and conservation, we risk undermining the very foundations of our economy and, ultimately, our survival. Part 2. The Mirage of Prosperity as the Pathway to Peace It's a common belief, woven throughout the tapestry of economic theory and political philosophy, that wealth equates to peace, that the affluence of nations could serve as the bedrock for a tranquil world. This idea is tantalizing in its simplicity and hopeful in its promise. But when dissected and examined more closely, does the vision of universal prosperity truly align with the reality of human nature and the limitations of our planet? To explore this concept, let's break it down into three critical assertions. One, attaining universal prosperity is within our grasp. Two, the route to this prosperity is through the maxim of materialist philosophy, enrich yourself. Three, this widespread affluence would be the cornerstone of global peace. 
Upon closer scrutiny, each of these pillars reveals significant flaws in the argument. Firstly, the quest for universal prosperity hinges on an increased consumption of fossil fuels. This path is fraught with environmental peril, given the finite nature of these resources and the escalating damage inflicted upon our planet. Achieving prosperity for all under these conditions seems to be at odds with the very ecosystem that sustains us. The spectre of pollution looms large, calling into question the sustainability of such growth. Secondly, the encouragement of self-enrichment feeds into the basest of human instincts, greed and envy. While this might stimulate economic growth temporarily, it sows the seeds of discontent, alienation, and a deep-seated sense of insecurity among populations. As these negative emotions burgeon, they undercut the foundations of societal well-being, leading to a stasis where growth falters under the weight of collective aimlessness. Finally, the belief that universal prosperity can underpin peace overlooks the intrinsic nature of the prosperity sought. The pursuit fueled by greed and envy, far from fostering happiness and meaningful existence, erodes them. Without these, the fabric of peace is easily torn asunder. Moreover, the drive towards universal affluence, predicated on environmental exploitation, further destabilizes the delicate equilibrium required for lasting peace. Thus, the notion that universal prosperity can serve as the panacea for global conflict is, upon examination, a flawed premise. It fails to account for the complex interplay of human emotions, economic sustainability, and the environmental cost of unchecked growth. In the end, the dream of prosperity as the gateway to peace remains just that, a mirage, elusive and ultimately unattainable within the framework it proposes. Part 3. When Economics Overshadows Ethics The Cost to Humanity and the Environment In the realm of modern economics, growth and profit are often heralded as the ultimate signs of success. The common belief is that if the gross domestic product, GDP, is climbing, we must be doing something right. However, this perspective overlooks a critical aspect. Not all growth is beneficial. There exists a phenomenon known as unhealthy growth, where the numerical increase in wealth comes at too great a cost. Under the prevailing economic doctrine, profitability is the yardstick by which all activities are measured. This viewpoint automatically casts anything that doesn't turn a profit as undesirable or uneconomic. According to this logic, actions that fail to generate financial gain are frowned upon, while those that do are extolled, irrespective of their broader implications. This narrow interpretation of value has significant shortcomings. When we judge the worth of economic activities strictly by their ability to generate profit, we ignore essential considerations such as the human cost and environmental impact. Consequently, actions that might benefit people in need or protect our natural surroundings are often sidelined for not being profitable. Take, for example, the notion that it is uneconomic for retailers to lower prices for less affluent customers or for consumers to buy locally produced goods when cheaper, imported alternatives exist. Such decisions, though possibly better for the community or the environment, are dismissed in favor of cost-saving measures. 
This obsession with economic efficiency places monetary value above all else, encouraging a mindset fixated on finding the lowest prices without regard to the consequences. Such an approach disregards the often exploitative or environmentally damaging conditions under which goods are produced. The pursuit of a bargain in this economic model overshadows considerations of ethics and sustainability. In instances where an individual chooses to forego a bargain due to unethical practices or environmental concerns, they risk being labeled as uneconomic. This mentality stifles critical actions that should be applauded and encouraged for their contributions to societal well-being and environmental preservation. By adhering to a rigid economic paradigm, we inadvertently place a price tag on invaluable assets, our humanity and our planet. This prevailing economic attitude compels us to reconsider what we value and why, highlighting the urgent need for a shift towards a more holistic understanding of growth and prosperity. Part 4. Unlocking the True Potential of Education Through values across the corridors of history, education emerges as a beacon of economic and social progress, far outstripping the mere possession of natural resources in importance. Within the fabric of modern society, this belief in education as a cornerstone of advancement is deeply ingrained. Many of us hold the conviction that the path to societal betterment is paved with educational achievements. Yet, this notion comes with a significant caveat. The value of education is intrinsically tied to the type of values it imparts. The role of education should extend beyond mere vocational training. In an era fixated on gearing the young towards market readiness, the essence of education in nurturing core values often fades into the background. The complexity of our modern existence demands more than occupational skills. It calls for a grounding in values that guide not just careers but lives. While advanced education is generally seen as beneficial, its true worth is measured by its ability to contribute to scientific and technological advancements. However, familiarity with scientific concepts or proficiency in the latest technologies should not be the end goal. The true utility of scientific knowledge lies in leveraging it to forge a society that is not just technologically advanced but also ethically grounded. This brings us to the pivotal role of education in shaping a future that is rich in value and purpose. The realms of natural sciences, for all their contributions, fall short of providing moral compasses. The greatest discoveries and innovations, while transformative, do not inherently impart wisdom on how to navigate the intricate tapestry of life. Our era is marked by an abundance of knowledge on the how, but a significant deficit in understanding the what for. This disconnect underscores the need for an educational paradigm that transcends the confines of factual learning and vocational training. While the humanities offer a glimpse into the vastness of human experience, they only fulfill their transformative potential when they delve into metaphysics and ethics. It is in these disciplines that the most profound questions of existence and purpose are explored. Education, in its most elevated form, should not only enlighten us with knowledge, but also endow us with the wisdom to apply that knowledge ethically. It's not enough to know how to manipulate the elements of our world. We must also understand the moral implications of our actions. Only then can education claim its rightful place as the most significant resource of all. 
one that truly has the power to shape a society that is as morally aware as it is technologically advanced. Part 5. The Perilous Gamble of Nuclear Energy An Economic Calculation with Existential Stakes As the world grapples with the impending scarcity of fossil fuels, the quest for sustainable alternatives has never been more urgent. In this pursuit, nuclear energy emerged as a beacon of hope, promising an abundant source of power. Its debut was met with optimism, an innovation seemingly timed perfectly with our needs. Yet, beneath its promise lies a profound danger that many have underestimated. Nuclear radiation stands as one of the most formidable threats to life on Earth. Comparable to countless microscopic projectiles, radiation particles inflict damage with a ferocity that varies based on their dosage and the nature of the cells they encounter. The devastation wrought by atomic bombs has etched the perils of nuclear radiation into public consciousness. However, it's the so-called peaceful applications of nuclear technology that may pose an even more insidious risk. The crux of the issue lies in our inability to mitigate the dangers that accompany nuclear energy. Once radioactive elements are produced, we stand powerless to reduce their hazardous nature. Time is the only agent that can diminish their lethal potency. Neither chemical reactions nor physical interventions offer a remedy. Despite exhaustive efforts, humanity has yet to identify a location capable of securely containing radioactive waste. The consequences of even minor accidents can spiral into disasters of catastrophic proportions, endangering countless lives and the environment. Yet, the adoption and expansion of nuclear energy are driven overwhelmingly by its economic benefits. This exemplifies a broader trend where financial considerations overshadow the welfare of people and the planet. Decisions regarding the construction of nuclear facilities are frequently made on the basis of cost-effectiveness rather than the potential social and environmental consequences. Thus, nuclear energy represents a double-edged sword, a potential savior that could instead become our undoing. The decision to harness its power is a gamble, weighing economic gains against the existential risks. If we're not careful, what was once heralded as a solution could very well become our greatest downfall. Part 6. The Paradox of Progress. How Modern Technology Steals the Joy of Work. In the relentless march of progress, technology is often hailed as the harbinger of improved quality of life. Yet, as we delve deeper into the age of innovation, we find ourselves at the crossroads of a profound societal conundrum. The advances in technology, once celebrated as milestones of human achievement, now prompt us to question the very essence of progress. At the heart of this dilemma lies a simple, startling truth. Technology, in its quest to simplify our lives, has inadvertently stripped us of the very experiences that instill our work with joy. The purpose of technological innovation, ostensibly, is to alleviate the burdens of survival, freeing us up to pursue more fulfilling endeavors. However, this narrative conceals an ironic twist. Our sophisticated tools have eroded the domains of work that offer the most satisfaction. Traditional crafts and artisanal skills, such as weaving, pottery and metalworking, have been marginalized in the wake of technological advancement. 
these forms of creative expression, once pillars of human industry and artistry, have become relics in a world driven by efficiency. The modern economic landscape renders it increasingly difficult for craftsmen and artisans to sustain a livelihood through their work, leading to the near extinction of these practices in technologically advanced societies. In place of these gratifying forms of labor, technology has ushered in an era dominated by monotonous mechanized work, assembly line positions and factory jobs, emblematic of industrial progress, often failed to provide the same level of fulfillment and personal satisfaction found in hands-on craftsmanship. This transformation in the nature of work highlights a fundamental oversight in our embrace of technology. Efficiency does not equate to existential fulfillment. Beyond the erosion of fulfilling work, technology falls short in addressing the most critical challenges of our times. The environmental and societal crises we face from pollution and the perilous reliance on nuclear energy to enduring poverty and employment issues, remain largely unmitigated by technological solutions. This paradox underscores a poignant critique posed by Karl Marx, who observed that the proliferation of useful things through technological means results in the creation of useless people. As we navigate this complex landscape, it is essential to reevaluate our relationship with technology. The quest for efficiency and convenience must be balanced with a consideration for the quality of human life and the preservation of jobs that offer genuine fulfillment. Only by harmonizing the benefits of technological progress with the values that make work meaningful can we hope to chart a course towards a future that enriches both our material and spiritual well-being. Part 7. Redefining Developmental Aid a focus on education and rural support. In a world where the gap between the affluent and the impoverished continues to widen, the approach toward developmental aid is ripe for reassessment. The practice of wealthier nations providing financial support to their less fortunate counterparts is well-intentioned but falls short of addressing the root causes of poverty. True economic advancement presents a conundrum that cannot be solved by monetary contributions alone. The real barriers to development extend beyond material deficits like inadequate infrastructure or scarce natural resources. Instead, the core issues stem from intangible deficiencies in education, governance, and legal frameworks. These elements form the backbone of a society's capacity for economic growth. For instance, nations such as Israel have demonstrated remarkable prosperity despite their lack of natural endowments, owing to their strong emphasis on education and systematic organization. Further, history offers insights into how countries with robust educational foundations and orderly societal structures can rebound swiftly following calamities. This resilience underlines the pivotal role that immaterial factors play in cultivating conditions conducive to economic recovery and growth. Another vital consideration in the discourse on development is the temporal aspect. Genuine transformation is inherently slow and cannot be expedited. The processes of change and growth require patience, unfolding gradually over time. The targeted allocation of developmental aid is crucial as well. A significant portion of developing nations operate under a dual economy, characterized by a stark contrast between rural and urban sectors, often a minuscule percentage of the population, 
residing in major cities, benefits from foreign aid, leaving the vast majority in rural areas untouched by these resources. This skewed distribution not only exacerbates the urban-rural divide but also neglects the potential of small towns and villages, which are home to the bulk of the population. To rectify this imbalance, a strategic redirection of aid toward rural regions is imperative. By channeling support to the areas outside the modern economic sector, we can address the disparity and mitigate the trend of mass migration to urban centers. This approach will not only promote inclusivity, but also harness the untapped potential of rural communities, paving the way for a more holistic and sustainable model of development. In conclusion, reimagining developmental aid requires a shift in focus from mere financial assistance to fostering educational and organizational infrastructures, especially in rural and small-town areas. By addressing the immaterial prerequisites of economic prosperity, we can lay a solid foundation for long-term growth and equity across the globe. Part 8. Nurturing Innovation and Loyalty in the Gigantic Corporate Landscape As the business terrain evolves, we witness an unmistakable shift towards mega-corporations, entities so vast they often eclipse the individuality of their constituents. In this landscape, where the impersonal expanse of large-scale organizations threatens to render the human element obsolete, striking a delicate balance becomes imperative. The equilibrium between structure and creative liberty emerges not just as a preference, but as a necessity for sustainable growth. Structure, in essence, is the skeleton that holds an organization together, providing the necessary framework to function. Yet, it's the freedom within this framework that breathes life into it, inspiring innovation and fostering a sense of ownership among its people. A regime too rigid snuffs out the spark of creativity, leading to a workforce that's disenchanted and disengaged. On the flip side, a lack of coherence and order can spiral into chaos, leaving goals unmet and potential untapped. The vitality of creative freedom in the workplace cannot be overstated. It's the soil from which the seeds of innovation sprout, propelling societies forward. Recognizing this, it becomes clear why large entities should consider reorganizing themselves into smaller, semi-autonomous clusters. These miniaturized microcosms offer the nimbleness to explore, innovate, and grow, unhindered by the bureaucratic shackles that often bind colossal organizations. Beyond the structural paradigm, the cultivation of loyalty and motivation within the corporate behemoth takes center stage. Loyalty, the bedrock of any thriving organization, flourishes under a banner of mutual trust and respect. The assumption that those at the helm inherently possess superior wisdom or proficiency is a fallacy that can erode the foundations of trust. Empowering individuals at all levels, acknowledging their expertise, and entrusting them with responsibility proves a far more effective strategy in garnering loyalty. Motivation, particularly beyond the echelons of upper management, presents its own set of challenges. While monetary compensation is a significant motivator, it's the sense of purpose and the opportunity to engage in meaningful work that truly galvanizes a workforce. 
The pervasive belief that remuneration alone suffices overlooks the human yearning for fulfillment and recognition, elements critical to sustaining motivation and enthusiasm. In sum, the colossal corporate constructs of our time stand at a crossroads, tasked with integrating the seemingly disparate elements of order and freedom, loyalty and motivation. By fostering environments that cherish creative autonomy and recognize individual contributions, large-scale organizations can transcend their inherent challenges, evolving into multifaceted communities where innovation and loyalty thrive. Final summary. In the quest for prosperity and advancement, the Western world has crafted an economic system that, while monumental in scale and scope, presents profound challenges, both to human welfare and the health of our planet. The essence of this critique reveals a system deeply entrenched in unsustainable practices, marked by an insatiable consumption of finite natural resources and a prioritization of financial gain at the expense of societal and environmental well-being. This reality beckons for a transformative shift in our approach to development, one that transcends traditional economic paradigms in favor of a more holistic and sustainable model. Central to this shift is the need for educational reformation. By instilling the right values and nurturing a broader understanding of prosperity, education emerges as a powerful tool not only for personal enrichment, but for societal advancement. Furthermore, addressing poverty and underdevelopment requires a focus that extends beyond the infusion of financial aid. It calls for a strategic emphasis on rural and underprivileged areas fostering an environment where meaningful development can take root and flourish. This entails not only material support, but also the promotion of education, infrastructure, and governance structures that lay the groundwork for long-term prosperity. The book also sheds light on the imperative for large-scale organizations to adapt and evolve. As these entities continue to grow in size and influence, there's an increasing need to foster environments that balance structural order with creative freedom, encourage loyalty, and motivate employees across all levels. Such a paradigm shift can engender a culture of innovation and dedication, crucial components for the sustainability and success of any organization. Ultimately, the message is clear. To navigate the complexities of the modern economic landscape, a radical rethinking of our priorities and strategies is essential. By championing sustainability, valuing people over profit, and embracing innovative approaches to education and development, we can chart a path towards a future that honors both the spirit of advancement and the sanctity of our planet and its inhabitants. This call for economic renewal is not just a critique, but a beacon of hope, urging us to reimagine what is possible when we align our actions with the principles of equity, sustainability, and shared prosperity. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, Please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, 
where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.